Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Well, my name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here. And I want to add one announcement. Um, So we're having a dinner on the 9th, 8th, on September 8th. And it is, there are a lot of people here that we don't know. Um, people have been coming to church and some of us, you know, we've been able to connect with you. Some of us, some of you, we haven't been able to connect with you. Um, it's hard sometimes after Sunday to get, you know, to say hi to everybody and to hear their stories and things like that. Now, Pastor Christian and I would love to meet with well, with everybody. And so we always, in the prayers and connect cards, there's a place where you can say, I'd love to meet with a pastor because we want to meet with you. Um, you know, go out for coffee or, or whatever. But because there's so many of you, um, we thought, well, to facilitate this maybe a little bit more, we'll have a newcomer's dinner. If you've been coming to the church over the past year, um, somewhat regularly, or you'd stopped coming to church and you just started coming back, um, we'd like to invite you to this dinner on September 8th. Um, It'll be a good time. You'll get to meet Pastor Christine and ourselves in a little bit smaller setting, and we just can talk, and you can find out more about the church, more about us and our hearts, and we could find out more about you. Um, so that is coming up on September 8th. So it's not for everybody. Uh, we do other things that's for everybody, but this is for people that are new to help them, you know, get to know us. And uh, yes. Because we're making dinner, that means we have to prepare food. Um, yeah. So, um, so you need to RSVP. We'd love to have you, though. Um, okay. So that's just my one little announcement. Now, I am sorry that the bulletin is so out of order and different. I, I wrote my sermon, and I was thinking about it. I was prepared. And this is the second week in the row it's happened, and I was like, oh, I don't know. The cast... The casserolas we actually had scheduled for them to come and to share about Madagascar. And I was just like, I don't know. I think we just need to give them more time. And so I'm postponing my sermon. So that's two weeks in a row that I've pushed back my Exodus sermon, which is fine. Um, The book's been there for a long time. It'll be there when we get done. But um, we want to hear about what God's doing with our friends around the world. Uh, Last week we heard about... um, Uh, Alaska Christian College, and this week we're going to hear about Madagascar. And so um, at this point, I would like to invite our friends, the Castorellas, to come up and to share a little bit about their time there and um, and what's been going on. Here, I got two microphones so that Thanks, Chris. It is good to be back here at First Covenant. We see familiar friends and we see new faces. So we, uh, the Casarella family, I'm Jonathan, Mandy, Alex, Oliver. And these kids have been uh, part of First Covenant for most of their lives. So they, they were both born as part of First Covenant. So. We are, we are glad to be here to be able to share a little bit about 
some of the amazing uh, partnership that First Covenant has had with a church in Madagascar over the last eight years, I believe. So. All right, so we're going to share a brief history um, because some of you have been along for the journey um, for a very long time, and some don't even know where Madagascar is in the world. Um, so we want to share just a little bit about what the connection's been, what's happened recently, and the connection that's continued. So this was back in 2009. This is when Jonathan and I um, first left to go to Madagascar. So we were there from 2009 to 2013. And um, this was First Covenant then. Kind of looks the same, but a little different. We definitely look a lot younger. Um, Pastor Max was there when we were being commissioned to go out. Oliver was a baby, and Alex was just a, a little baby inside of me when we left. So um, that was kind of in the beginning. And this church really took a leap to support us um, as we kind of headed into a great unknown. We knew that we were going to partner with a team and promoting health and healing on this island very far away. We wanted to work in areas beyond established healthcare um, with people with great needs, and that was definitely there in Madagascar. Uh, so that partnership and why we even went there was rooted in relationship. And that relationship was with Pastor, with some friends that we went with, and also with Pastor Tubu. Who's the next slide? Yeah, so uh, th for those of you ha who have walked with us through some of this journey to Madagascar, are very familiar with this couple. So Pastor Tuvo and his wife, Mamisua, have um, really been a big part of our connection there. So I first met them back in 25 years ago when I was a college student and went out to help do a project, build a church building, and um, met, first met them then. And since then, uh, going back and living there, we have really grown that connection and have just really a lot of respect and love for this couple. Um, so our kind of whole story about like what life was like there, you know, why we went, what we did, why we came back would be definitely like a whole sermon hour, which we're not talking about today. Um, we did actually share that whole story with the church in Madagascar when we went back there, which was really wonderful. But today we're going to focus on um, just one part. So we returned from Madagascar um, in 2013. And a saying in Madagascar they say a lot is Zava Tretsinam Pwaisana. And it just means things unexpected. Um, and we all experience that in life, and we experience a lot of that in Madagascar. So our return was earlier than we expected, and we left with broken hearts about a lot of things, but also really full hearts with knowing how precious the relationships were with people there that we had gotten to know, that we had spent a lot of time with, the language that we had learned. So we came back here, and we talked to the missions and the board here about continuing to support and partner with people there um, in whatever ways First Covenant was willing to do. And as they've always been, like hearts were really open here. And um, we decided to take a team over. So in 2015, yeah, that was our first team there. Adam's in that picture. You can't see him. Reno and Hunter, Hunter Dill. So they went over with us, and that was kind of a vision trip. And we were just kind of looking at, you know, how do we make more of a connection between First Covenant Church and Madagascar? Um, and we just felt like we needed to bring people to be on the ground there. And we also needed to keep showing up. We didn't just want to be people sending money there, but we wanted to be people that stayed present, um, had conversations, and listened. And so then we took, um, so we came back here, and we met with the missions team and um, decided to support the school, that that's really where most of the support would go, to um, Fitahiana, which is a blessing school. 
that the church runs, and it's a school for kids with disabilities. And we also, the church also gave generously to help them buy a church building, which they almost fully own. Jonathan will share about that more later. Um, and then we took a trip back in 2017, so you may see um, Pastor Phil, he's in that picture, Reno um, and Gina went, and then also Tom Kennedy went with us. And there, Tom had special knowledge with like adaptive physical ed, so we were able to do a lot of like fun and interactive things with the kids in that school. And then we took another trip on the next slide in 2019, and again, Reno was there, which is so great. He's always with us. And we brought kids at times. So Reese, his son, came, and then also the Wellborn family, Iris and Dan, and their kids came along. And again, just spending like a life in the week of the church there, time with the school, um, time with the youth, just staying engaged with people there. We also um, always brought gifts back, and I just wanted to share like how meaningful those things were. So on the next slide, you may... Um, I don't know if that will play or not, but that's fast. Yeah, First Covenant is always like giving gifts that we've brought over. So that was a guitar, that was like so enjoyed and still is and a cuss book made by Rose um, that she made for Pastor Tuba and Mami Sua um, we've also gifted them with a microphone so just like really practical things that just kind of show the connection and the love and the support so most recently in 2023 we just went back as a family so it had been four years since we had gone we had been going every two years but with COVID the world shut down their borders were closed for a long time we had a big break and we went back this time just with our family which was really special because we were able to spend time kind of sharing stories with our kids about our life there, um, reconnecting with all of our friends and ministry partners there in Madagascar, and um, just really kind of seeing where things would go. We knew that we were still supporting things there, but we just felt out of touch. Uh, so we were enlivened once again when we were there of just like how precious the people are, the ministries that they're doing, um, how important it is to not just give money, but to, to show up and to be present and to listen. Life is really hard there, and it's really complex, kind of like our lives too, but um, just listening, like the problems people are facing, how they're solving problems, um, how maybe we could help from where we're at. And um, we also wanted our kids just to have a chance to remember their early life there too. And so we wanted to ask them, if they wanted to share just for a second, um, I can ask Oliver. So you'd been talking a little bit about what it was like to sort of first go back and see the school. So tell us about that. Yeah, walking into the schools, it was really interesting because it was a super small room and like probably 20 students with these like windows that were just bars and didn't have glass on them. It was just like barred windows. And we just went there, we we kicked the soccer ball around with them inside and like played around and it was super fun. We we talked with them a bit and I think they really enjoyed it and that that connection was really great, I think, for them and for us. Hi, right, Alex. I wanted to ask you too, what was most impactful about the time there for you? Um, for me it's probably like seeing like how happy people were when we gave them like little things and how much of a difference it made for them. 
and also just seeing the people I hadn't seen in a long time. All right, so we um, would like to tell you just a little bit about the school um, here. So you can flip to the next slide, yeah. So this, these are the group of students. On the left is Santa Cha, she is the, uh, currently the teacher. And then these are the students here. Some of them we have seen over the last few visits and seen them grow and seen them develop in the skills. Some kids that used to be nonverbal now now verbal, um, and just seeing seeing some of that development um, has been great. So um, you can flip to the next slide. So here's a couple of the kids, um, and they were just really really fun to hang out with. You can go ahead to the next one there. A couple more of the kids here. So these are kids that they, they don't necessarily have an official diagnosis and many of them don't have access to, to treatment um, or, or any kind of therapy. So um, this school, um, you know, in, in Alaska, sorry, Alaska, this is Alaska, in Majunga, in Madagascar, it's about the same size as Anchorage and there's probably about estimated 300 kids with disabilities. And so currently at the school, uh, there was eight kids that we were able to see and interact with. But there aren't any other services that we know of in the city. Um, so Santacha, the one teacher, she's in, in the back there on the right. She it has been a teacher for many years and just has such an obvious love for these kids. She is a single mother with three kids of her own and she really cares for these kids every day. Her, um, the, and so the, she is part of the teaching here. She's working all day, providing teaching five days a week. Um, and they're trying to give uh, an increased emphasis on life skills for these kids so that some of them may be able to hopefully get jobs eventually. So um, so really, you know, First Covenant is the sole supporter for this school. It is, this school is able to keep its doors open. These kids are able to have this loving, nurturing environment because of what First Covenant is, has been giving over the last eight years. And to me that's huge. It's been really cool to see that connection for people to be able to come out from First Covenant, see some of these kids, um, and with us being over there, we just wish that you could be there with us and hear from the pastor and from the church what it means that First Covenant is in partnership with, with them, with some of the work that they're doing. So we wanted to just tell you a little bit um, here, yeah, so this, this slide has got a lot of numbers on it. This school is barely scraping by. They've got the doors open, which is wonderful, but life is really tough. The teacher, she's making $33 a month. That's not even enough for her to buy rice for herself and her kids, so she's got to do some side hustles baking and selling goods as she can um, to, to try and cover. But what we did is we, we sat down with, with Tuvu and Mamisua and said, what would it look like, like your dream school, for it to just be running smoothly and have everything that you want for these kids? And so he put it together. This is our kind of translation of currency and uh, language, but as you can see, these numbers are not that big. This monthly breakdown shows you that there's not that, it's not that expensive. Um, so, and they, they really want to bring in more continuing ed for the teachers 
and some more vocational training for the students um, and then also provide more more food for the kids right now Pastor Tuvu when he makes breakfast for his family he makes extra food to take to the school and that's what they feed the kids for lunch so right now the with this dream dream school the total cost would be about five hundred and eight dollars a month or six six thousand annually West Covenant's already doing a bunch of this they're already covering two hundred dollars a month so we're looking at another three hundred dollars a month that we are just hoping that you can be a part of praying with us uh, for what we can do and ways that we can be a part of bringing the school from kind of to that next to that next step so oh, oh yeah one other thing was um, the building so we mentioned the church building they uh, First Covenant has had a huge part in helping buy this building so it's a church building that was already there in this neighborhood where they had a presence and they're buying it from another church um, but the way it kind of works there is they're paying off that other church and they don't fully own it they don't have control over the usage times until it's 100% paid off so they still have they still meet at like 630 in the morning on Sundays how would you guys like that kids you want to do that get up at 630 in the morning for church <laughs> so they do that and they've been able to work around this other church's schedule so the total cost for the church uh, was seventeen thousand dollars and they've got about three thousand dollars left first covenants helped a bunch the congregation has been putting a little bit in every month but things really stalled out during covid life was really hard a lot of income was was lost people lost jobs and so they've not really been able to make much headway so that's that's just another another thing to think about and and pray for too um just in closing i i hope we can convey in some small way just the gratitude um from my bibo kelly church that's the name of the church there it means like little cashew i think <laughs> um from this church to to you all whether this is the first time you're hearing about this church in ireland or like you've been hearing about this for 20 years since you met us we just thank you so much um and we also just want to share that they um, are praying for you and we shared prayer requests there we asked um, pastor Chris for a prayer request and and they were praying for the new youth pastor Alex they were praying for Christy's son getting married at that time Nathan and um, and just praying for you as you share and demonstrate the love of Christ and then also they asked that you pray for them so Alex was going to share some of what they're asking for prayer for yeah. okay so um what they asked the uh, we prayed for for them is that they support like a lot of the little churches in Madagascar and they pray that we help them with that and they also ask that we pray for the school and that the school can keep on running and also just to help them with the building because they don't fully own it yet which is really difficult thank you so much and thanks um kaylee for helping with the slides we just have one more last one when we were there the youth was about to go out on a mission trip and so they shared this was a song they were going to go do in the villages um around majunga where their church is <laughs> Yeah.
We need to see. <laughs> well, we need to see what things cost. Um, it makes it real. Um, you know, because you know, talking about money is always awkward and embarrassing, and nobody likes to do that. But um, but I made them, and I, it's good because we we do want to support, and we do support. Um, but this is their dream. <laughs> this is their like dream school. This is like. What does it mean for your school to be thriving? We asked them, and this is this is what they came up with. These are the this is the stars to them. And I think it's it's humbling um, what that is. And you know, as a as a church, I you know our budget's kind of set. We we can't increase more. But I want you. One of the things to do is to, to pray about it. You know, may, maybe you can partner. You know, this is this is. This is all relationships. The, the casseroles, they go there every two years or four years, and they bring people with us. And it's not just a mission trip, um, like as in they're going to serve and stuff. It's a partnership. They go to visit their friends there, the people that they love and that are serving God there. And, um, and then they go over there, and they spend time with them, and they get to know them, and then they help them with the things that they need to do. Um, you know, I would love to have Pastor Tuvo come. I talk to them about this every time it comes up. I'd love to have Pastor Tuvo come here and share um, because um, it should be, it's a reciprocal relationship. They ask for our prayer requests. Um, it's kind of cool to hear about how they're a little bit like a hub church. Kind of like, we're like a little bit like a hub church too um, with their country. So let's pray for, uh, for our friends in Madagascar. Holy Father, uh, it is such an honor to hear and to join um, with friends around the world to praise you, God. To hear the, the, the things that you're doing there, Lord. Um, and, Lord, we, we're grateful. We're grateful that we're, we're part of their story and they're part of ours. Um, and I pray that we can continue to, to work together through the years, God. Um, that that we can encourage one another, that we can support one another. Um, and Lord, I do I do pray for for the circumstances of their church, Lord. I know the whole country is so impoverished, Lord, and the past few years has been hard. Um, like it's been hard everywhere. Um, and uh, Lord, I don't know what you have in mind and how you're going to do things, Lord. But I know that you're working a beautiful story there. And so I, I do pray for the people in Madagascar. We pray for Pastor Tuvo. Lord, we pray for his wife who has cancer, Lord. Um, we pray that you be with them, Lord. That you encourage them, that you, you give them strength, Lord. We pray for the congregation, Lord. We pray for the, the other pastors that Pastor Tuvo is investing in. Um, we pray for the, the, you know, the next generation of leadership there, God, um, that you raise them up, Lord. And I pray that you um, continue to work in our hearts, Lord. Um, teach us where we are to invest, where we're, where we're supposed to be involved, which relationships we're supposed to foster, Lord, um, whether it be um, here in Anchorage or in the broader state, Lord, or the country, or around the world. 
help each of us um, learn how we can be part of what you're doing, the beautiful story that you're writing. In Christ's name, amen. Uh, yes. Um, yes. I, yes. If you, um, if you put a thing, a memo, and I'm, I'm sure that the finance people are going to be upset because it makes it harder. But yeah, if you, in the memo, put the Madagascar church, and then we can make sure that the, it goes through there. We just wire it to them directly. Okay, um, I think if you do, hopefully if you do it through us, like, you know, you can get the tax deduction and stuff like that if you just send it to them. I mean, we can give you the information, you can just send it to them, and they would love it too, but you wouldn't get the tax deductions if you want that. Um, and I would encourage you afterwards to talk to the Casarellas and find out more about how you can give. Um, okay. Now, because of all the different things, I just wrote a really short message. Um, this is not the message that I was supposed to teach on Exodus. Um, this is from Colossians, um, verses 1, 3 through 6. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love you have for all of God's people. That fa the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is being is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Uh, this is the start of Paul's letter uh, to the church in Colossae. And uh, we already went through, uh, we, we preached through this letter last year, uh, but I want to focus just on this little bit at the beginning, um, this little part of the introduction. And, and, and it doesn't get into some of the broader themes of the church, but it just gives thanks for what God's doing in that church locally and around the world. And that's why I wanted to share about it, because last week we heard from President Keith Hamilton about the work that we've been supporting just down the road in Alaska Christian College. Um, and you know we've, we've been involved in starting and sustaining that that's college's ministry to young people. And that work blesses us here in Anchorage and throughout the state and, and even the country. And this week, we just heard about uh, the work that we participate in in the little island country of Madagascar, uh, where we support the least in the society of the least, um, children with disabilities. And we do this because we love all of God's people, those near and those far away. And that's the way the gospel bears fruit in us. Uh, let me repeat the last part of uh, verse 6. The gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. The gospel is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus was born, son of God, who was God. And he lived, and through his teaching in his life, he taught us what it means to love God and to follow him. And he died by being crucified at the hands of sinful, broken people, for sinful, broken people like me and you. And he was buried and he was laid in the tomb. And three days later, Jesus overthrew the power of sin and death by rising from the dead. That's the gospel. And that's what offers us life. The invitation of the gospel is an invitation to participate in Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And when we hear about how God's moving in the life of students at ACC, we're hearing the declaration of the gospel. 
about how students are moving from sin and death into life. Right, Ephesians 4, or sorry, Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 5. Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace we have been saved. Right? That's the gospel. That's the gospel at work. And when we hear about the work of our friends in Madagascar, we're also hearing the proclamation of the gospel. That those that are the least among the least in this world, right, we're investing them and saying, no, you bear God's image. Right? You matter. Um, in a society that really even here in one of the wealthiest societies have a hard time telling people that they matter. But we're saying, no, you bear God's image. And we help them. We're helping, trying to give them tools to live. Um, you know, even as we were talking with the Casarellas, you know, we're talking about, you know, they, one of the earlier focuses was more on literacy. But as they've kind of gotten to know these kids and gotten to work on, there's some certain basic life skills that they need to have. You know, how, how are they going to make money? How, how can they help? And so, like, and so that's what they've been working. They've kind of shifted more into a little bit more of, like, vocational and stuff like that. And actually, I think some of the, you know, the wish list is helping them move a little bit more into doing that to help give these kids the skills to live. Um, and we're part of that. We're part of that. What we do is part of that. And the gospel is bearing fruit, and it's growing around the world. Uh, this summer, or this upcoming summer, our friends, the Restrepos, uh, that work in Mexico, they're going to be coming up and they're going to be sharing about how the gospel is taking root in Mexico and the work that they're doing there. Right? Um, Pastor Christy in October is going to India uh, to, to meet with the Hindustani Covenant Church to see what God's doing there. Good things are happening around the world. We get to participate in that work. We get to join in. And I, I want to be clear that Christ is at work here at First Covenant too. Right? So all the way over there and here. Um, since February, we've had six baptisms here. Um, from, from young children to elders. Uh, and we've participated in the cold weather shelter, which is going to be happening up again. If you would like to participate to help with that, please talk to Rebecca or myself, and I'll help you get connected to Rebecca because she knows all. Um, but we, we do this at cold weather shelter so that families without a home have a safe place to stay until they can transition to more permanent houses. We help staff that. Um, you know, we do every other week, and it takes a host of people. People provide meals. We have to stay up all night um, to do with the, uh, the fire codes and stuff like that. There need to be people online. Um, so we participate, we give, and we serve in the Alaska Rescue Mission. Um, Ella is there every Thursday. Matt's often with her, um, giving a service, and we contribute financially. So here in town, in the Anchorage Rescue Mission, um, and I can't even count how many meals that, that we, meal trains give out. Um, and it's, it's, it's so many, but we feed our brothers and sisters in their need, in their grief, in their sickness, and even in their celebrations, right, of new birth. There's so many things that happen. And, and, and the good news of Jesus spurs us on to do more good works, right? Because we're not done. And we're just getting started. Um, and because we've been given the gift of the gospel, and the gospel is our source of faith, it's our source of love, it's our source of hope. And the gospel is for real people in the real world. And so we do real work. We do real work here. You know, trying to live out this gospel truth as best as we can. Okay, and those are just like kind of the official things. I know that you guys do other things in the community. I know because I see you and I hear about it, the ways that you guys have invested in the community. 
and that's good. Um, we don't need everything to come through the church. Um, actually, you know, so that would be kind of a thing of things not working, right? You, so you need to have your, the Holy Spirit's moving in you. You need to have eyes to see so that you can invest and do things. Sure, we join together to do things that you know, we can't do on our own. But also you. So you go for your cult because we've been given the gospel. Jesus said in Luke um, 12, 48, and this is the second half of that verse, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. In church, we've been given Jesus, right? You have been given Jesus. You have been given his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection. You, me, we've been given everything, everything. There is a lot to do. There is a lot to do. And so, uh, you know, uh, John Perkins, I don't know if you guys know him, down in uh, Mississippi, uh, I had the honor to spend the summer with him. And he used to always say, God wants to broaden your shoulders <laughs> because there's work to do. You know, he wants to toughen you up. God wants to broaden our shoulders because there's so much to do. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to empower us to do his work. And that is, right, that is sharing the gospel. That's proclaiming the gospel through helping out schools, through helping students, through evangelism, all these sorts of ways. Helping with the Alaska Rescue Mission, helping families go into housing. There's lots to do. And you're called to join him in that work. Now, you can't do everything. That's where you have to use some discernment. But you have to do something. What's God calling you to? Uh, that is my mission moment that I want to leave you to. What is God calling you to do? Where is God calling you to give? How is God calling you to serve? Let's pray. Holy Father God, you are good. And you have given us so much, Lord. You have blessed us beyond all measure. And Lord, I pray, Lord, I pray that we be moved by your spirit. Um, that we can see where we, we fit into your bigger picture, Lord. That we can see the areas, the places that, that, that you've moved in us, where we need to invest. And Lord, I pray that you encourage us and you, you move us to work in those areas, to serve in those areas, to give in those areas, Lord. Because we have been given so much. And we know that your blessings are not dead ends. We don't accumulate blessings to have them stop with us. But they flow through us, Lord, and go out into the world. Your blessings are meant to be multiplied. And Lord, I pray that you use us to help bless those that are last, those that are least, those that are unloved, those who feel broken and alone those who feel cursed and forgotten. Lord, teach us to be your hands and feet. Amen.